Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. What's up, Giants fans? Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants Insider Alex Pavlovich. Giants drop a series to the Padres and are officially, mathematically, and in every way eliminated. We'll talk about that. Plus, Dwayne Kuyper is joining us later to answer some questions as we end the season. Before we go any further, Giants Talk is presented by Mancini Sleep World. Visit Mancini Sleep World to compare the best brands in store or visit sleepworld.com. All right, Alex, it's over. The uh, The Giants' playoff hopes are over. There's one more series left against the Dodgers. Uh, meaningless baseball for both teams other than bragging rights. What do we do now? I guess we talk Giants-Padres. We, we debrief on a disappointing series against uh, another disappointing NL West team. Yeah, it's it's over. I mean, we've been in this position for a few weeks now. It was yeah. actually hilarious when they got eliminated because MLB's tiebreakers are so complicated. And for some reason, I I have no idea why this is the case. They don't update their website to account for tiebreakers. So even on Wednesday, they were showing the Giants were still technically alive. Like their elimination number was one. And there were Giants people after Tuesday's game who were like, Wait, that's like, I mean, they knew they were dead, but like officially, officially. So a funny, awkward way to go out. Um, I guess we turn this into a Tawny talk. We'll turn it into Kuiper talk in a little bit. We'll talk to your dad. That's right. Um, Yeah, I just think it's, you know, for me, this is massively disappointing and shades of 2016 when they just collapsed and that team was lucky enough to they had enough down the stretch to to hang in there and, and make the postseason and then, you know, break your heart in a different way. Yeah, but, I think they also just had a little more up front, too, where yeah, they had, with how they, bad they got, there was enough of a buffer. Yeah, best team in baseball for three months and then a, and then a collapse. But when you do it this way, it's really, really difficult. And it's it's kind of a slow drip to the finish. And you have, you know, little stories that come out here and there and we'll have more over the next week. And um. But for me, I just go back to one thing, and it's one thing I think we're we've been concerned about at times. And you look at other rosters, and it's kind of appropriate they're finishing with the Padres, Padres and Dodgers, because look, there are small issues here and there. I mean, I, I generally think it's a good clubhouse. There's maybe a little too uh, too loose at times, but the main issue is they're not talented enough, and that's been their problem. You know, they've been. They've been uh, out kicking their coverage for a while now, and <laughs> and it didn't happen in the second half, and it kind of came back to bite them. And you look at the numbers of some of these guys, and if you take out what you watch and you take out expectations and you just look at the numbers for a Hanniger, for a Conforto, for a Stripling, it all makes sense where they're at right now. And, and you can yeah. go down the list. So that's where I come down on it. We can't just rely on everyone to – find it magically and have career years um this is kind of what we need to expect out of the way this team is built so disappointing um disappointing not just for the fans but i'm sure for the uh Zaidi and kapler front office and clubhouse the fourth time in five years under farhan they've missed the playoffs and the third in four under gabe um pretty much guarantees a sub 500 season too which means it's going to be worse than last year's outcome yeah they need to win out against the dodgers to be 500 so um, great <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what's going on this weekend uh hey they have their guys Logan that's Webb true play pitch um it's tough I, I think 
you know, we have a lot of time this offseason to figure out what they should do and how to figure all this out. But I, I think those guys rightfully should be under the microscope. And I, I do, you know, everything I've heard the last couple of weeks is that the expectation is both will be back. I think Farhan will for sure be back. Um, the manager probably feels a little bit more pressure than he did a week ago, just because at some point, you know, there's a difference between 83 wins and just missing the playoffs. And, you know, they finished 79, 80, whatever they're at. Whatever yeah. they like that. Um, finishing in fourth place would stand out, certainly. So I think at some point it becomes a – I'm, like, wildly distracted by this guy blowing leaves outside, trying to do a postponement <laughs> the whole season. But, you know. You're going to bang on the window and yell at him? I hey, want to. I want to bang on him. I'm trying to talk about Capper's job security here. What? Are, <laughs> what? Are, can you come back in 20 minutes? Uh, no, he's just doing his job. But hopefully, people can't hear him because it's all I can hear. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's an uncomfortable time, and honestly, I think it should be an uncomfortable time. And if they bring Gabe back, and I still think they will bring Gabe back, I do think. If you're ownership, you probably go to him and say some changes have to be made. And whether that's yeah. in people, you're look, he got to handpick his whole staff. He got to handpick a bunch of people from the basically from the minor leagues, young people who did not have this experience. Um, he has gotten to run things behind the scenes in every way that he wants for the most part, and Farhan as well. And so, I, for me, I think if, if you're not going to make changes and I don't think they will make changes, hopefully somebody at least goes in that room and says, some things have to change. There needs to be less yeah. here. Um, maybe you need a, maybe you need some people you disagree with. Maybe you need some people who, who tell you what you don't want to hear. And yeah. And uh, we'll see what they do. But um, I think it's a group that just got really comfortable the last few years and feel really comfortable in their methods and feel like everything that they're doing is, is right. And at some point you mentioned the record, like you, you are who you are at some point. And this is, this is the same thing now, three out of four years under this regime. And if you're Gabe, this goes back to two seasons in Philadelphia as well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the decisions might, can be right. They can be wrong, but you can do everything right. And just not have a roster built to compete in a very difficult nationally West yeah. um, playing the margins, increasing your percent chance by 2% in an at bat by switching lefty righty. Great. You're giving yourself a better shot, but that better shot still is not adding enough to the table. Um, it's going to be really interesting. We're going to have a lot to talk about this off season in terms of changes that have to be made across the board, coaching front office players uh, and more. But let's talk Giants-Padres a little bit. Wednesday was an extra defeating game as the Giants just willfully handed over to the Padres their first 2023 extra innings victory. That would have been a nice little note for the Padres season that we don't get to talk about anymore. I actually think it's funnier that they finally won an extra innings when they have like a 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. 0.1% chance of making the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought it was really funny if Josh Hader for the first time in like four years decided to pitch two innings on Wednesday. Night. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, they handed that one away. And, yeah. You know, look, it was two kids. It was, it was Patrick Bailey. Who's I think is flat out exhausted. I mean, he's said he's exhausted, but you can see it. Mm -hmm. It's playing. Also, um, I wonder how much of that is, post concussion too. I know he's cleared to play, but he yeah. just had concussion symptoms and clearly hasn't been playing the same since he got back. It is. This is where sometimes I go into the, you know, sometimes I go into the disconnect of like, we talked about this with Harrison where he was babied all year. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, 90 pitches, 90 pitches. Yeah. What? He wasn't the same for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And I, sometimes it's like, I don't, you know, I don't fully understand that Joey Bart's active. Like, can you throw the guy a bone? He's there. Yeah. And I, it's, can we know, get... <laughs> I, I, it's good. I think Patrick wants, I, I know Patrick wants to play, but like, I'm curious to see how they handle this weekend. You have three catchers. Do you, one of them's clearly exhausted. Do you have to run him in the ground? 
when you're yeah. anyway. Uh, Marco Luciano made a throwing error. Look, it's we want to see Marco, so it's going to happen. Um, but it other than that, like it, it's it's again they scored two runs off of yeah. It's Matt Waldron, Matt Walden, some guy throwing a knuckleball the night before. <laughs> Seth Lugo almost gets a shutout against him. So it's the same old like you can talk about everything else and all the other stuff going on. They haven't scored for three months. So yeah. Those are the issues. And yeah, the defense has been sloppy, but um, it, it always comes back to that. But I, I do want to set the table for you because I I saw your tweets and I saw the rundown you put in here. And yeah, I, look, I feel like you need a good old fashioned rant because you were. I am ready to rebrand myself officially as an anti ghost runner, Manfred runner, Pavlovic runner um, pundit, basically. I've been there for two years. No, I kind of have been slipping into the whatever. This is the future of baseball. They made the decision. I'll have to get used to it. I'm back off board. Seeing the way that Wednesday night game went down before the errors, uh, the Padres get a soft ground ball to shortstop, move the runner to third, and then it's just a uh, a short sack fly away from a run. That's not baseball. It was garbage. I I it bothers me so much. And as I guess I'm a member of the media. I don't know. I consider myself a fan primarily still, but I know all the media loves the the rule because this is their job and they get to go home from work early. I am just going to have to be the only one who says it's a terrible fan experience and it's bad baseball. And the fact that it's not used in the playoffs makes it perfectly clear that MLB knows it's bad baseball. I have two rebuttals. One. No, you don't. Nobody wanted to watch more of that game on Wednesday night. So I did. That, I mean, if 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 it had tied up and gone, yeah. If that's zeros or if that's tied going into the 11th or 12th, I'm watching that. I've always thought that, you know, for at least an inning, the runner should start on first, just so it's a little bit more difficult. Um, I'll give you that. My second rebuttal would be, yeah, they weren't going to win anyway because they butchered the inning after after yes. part of it but then you get to the bottom of the inning you have every opportunity to do the same thing you know get the runner over sack fly productive oh, totally. out they ground out I, i'm not i'm not saying this because the giants lost yeah. saying no, it because, I well i mean i i probably am if you reach deep down into my psyche but it's just bad baseball that being said it seems like the giants put balls to the warning track every single at bat until we're looking at double digits in the innings list. And that is just soft ground balls to the infield. King of the warning track fly ball. And then the bases are loaded and they strike out every single What time. is happening? They can load the bases in normal innings. They can't load the bases with a guy on second. Yeah. They truly are the king of like runners on second with no out warning track fly ball. Mm-hmm. Bases loaded, yeah. no outs, strikeout, strikeout, ground ball. Yeah. Come so, on, guys. What like is a, happening? There's there? a sequencing issue here. That uh, yes, among the many things they need to solve, figure out how but to yeah. hit, hit those ground balls or hit that fly ball to the warning track when the bases are loaded. Utilize your fly balls a little differently. Yes. But yeah, I just want to get that out there because I want to prep listeners for next year. I'm going to complain it every single time. I'm going to be a squeaky wheel in the this version of baseball sucks um, contingent squeakier i'll be squeak i'll be the squeakiest wheel you've ever heard alex squeaky ready squeakier (laughs) yes Um, squeakier i'll switch back to a positive note well that was positive for you but yeah that was that i actually i feel like i just woke up for my morning i feel like my coffee just kicked in i need to do that every morning the highlight of the series logan webb complete game going against blake and webb kind of overshadows him um Although Blake Snell will probably still win the Cy Young. Almost certainly will still win it. But anyway, tip of the cap to him. He probably will start. I think he's going to start on Sunday, which is a cool like moment for me just because it's he's taken over for Brandon Crawford and in a much different yeah. way. Like he's he's going to be, you know, the true face of the franchise where Crawford for a lot of years had a had Posey in front of him, had Bum in front of him, you know, Timmy. But so They're I think both the homegrown yeah. Northern California kid. So he'll do that. And then, I, you know, they've been very open about he is has some personal accolades at stake here. 
And I won't talk about it too much because I actually have a Cy Young vote, so I probably should not break it all down. <laughs> um, he's trying to, at the very least, I think, get into the top three on on every ballot and mm-hmm. take a last second run at trying to win it, trying to sneak it out. I think it's probably difficult, but uh, has thirty. Yeah, what do you think it would like, take no. for him to to reposition himself in the discussion? I mean, even without starting Sunday, I think he's probably going to lead the league in innings, so that's handled. He's wrapped that up. Yeah, so I mean, eight innings, one run, gonna do it, or do we need a complete game shutout to really put him in the? I think what he needs, he cannot do. What he because needs... Brandon Crawford's clearly gonna pitch. No, not because of that, but <laughs> maybe. I think what he needs is for Blake Snell to get rocked. And oh, because Blake Snell has a two point two er two point two five era. And at some point, it's just hard to look past the fact that the guy just has given up way fewer runs than anybody else in the National League. Um, and I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. I'll just say, uh, as you know, someone who's been looking at this for a few weeks and you know, talking to other writers, I think it's just really difficult to get past the ERA thing. And honestly, even Logan said it on Monday night. He said Blake Snell's going to win the Cy Young, and somebody asked why, and he said he has what a two point three, two point two. Yeah. At some point, that number just becomes, and you know, it's not like Snell's throwing 130 innings. He's at 180 innings. So, um, but yeah, I, I think for me, he has a Logan has a chance this weekend if he pitches to make a pretty strong case to leapfrog everybody else in front of him, except probably yeah. except for Snell. Yeah. Uh, can I put a little whisper in your ear about someone for consideration for Saya? We love seeing pitchers who just like have the heart and do not want to give the ball up and leave the game. Uh, what about Brevia? Yeah. Brevia refusing to come out of the game and uh, early in the game the other day. I think that's gotta be worth something. That's, that's grit right there. That's old school baseball. You know, the Cy Young ballot only goes five deep. If it were 10 deep. And I know like some <laughs> other giants have, writers have done this over the years with MVP ballots, like where Brian Wilson got a vote one year, I think Lamont mm-hmm. Jr. Got one a couple years ago. If it were 10 deep and you start getting to the point where guys have like a 3.9 ERA and through 130 innings, maybe a flip, <laughs> flip Brevia that 10th place vote and go just, just for the vibes. Um, I enjoyed it. I, first of all, that's like, if you thought that was an actual like fight, you have not paid the smallest ounce of attention to John Brevia over the last two and a half years. For, um, for people who aren't super online, this was what? What was this Tuesday? Tuesday in the second inning. Yeah. Tuesday in the second inning when Brevia got pulled as the opener when Kyle Harrison got sick. Um, he uh he refused to give the ball back to Gabe Kapler. He had a hit in his back pocket and they were laughing and smiling. He kind of made Kapler frisk him. And it was hilarious. I would, you know, I had Brevia on here in July, I think. July or mm-hmm. early August. If you'd like to know John Brevia, go back and listen to that interview and go back and listen to him actually talking about how he always asks Gabe when Gabe comes out to get him, are you sure? Are you sure you want to make a pitching change? One, that's who he is. And two, I genuinely think like this is a guy who was playing independent league baseball not too long ago. He loves to pitch, loves to pitch. And he's there's part of him that's like, can you leave me out here? I'm having a blast. Yeah, I'll keep um, going. But he was just having some fun. And I... Look, I, I, I've seen a lot of people go, they were eliminated that night, not the time for it. The ace just said the team doesn't care about winning enough. I'll say two things. One, Brebio worked his ass off for two months to get back from a pretty significant injury and, you know, has done everything they've asked of him. They've made him an opener out of nowhere and he embraced it, made it his walk-up song. Really embraced it, yeah. So... You know, if anybody has earned the right to say, no, I've been competing. Um, I'm not part of the group that's not competing <laughs> or not doing enough. It's it's that guy. He's up, he's up high on the list for me. And two, like, are we just gonna shut it down? Just if that's the if that's the case, if you don't want to see any smiles the last week, then just end the season on Tuesday or end yeah. it when they come back from that road trip because they were basically dead anyway. So are there no, Alex, miles the last players week? are only allowed to walk around with their chin in their chest like Charlie Brown 
with slow little shuffles, looking super sad and super upset. This goes to everything to me that's happened and all the stuff that's been talked about is the most important thing is that all of this stuff when you're winning, nobody cares. Nobody gives a you-know-what. I won't make our producer have to throw a bleep in here. But um, the captain was hilarious because they were winning, because that team was good. If Brandon Belt did it in 2022, people will say this is, you know, bad vibes. So, yeah. We saw it with Brian Wilson. It was great when he was dominant. It was just kind of sad when he wasn't. But I also don't want people to be front runners and just, you know, only have fun when they're, this is an entertainment industry. And it's also, it's a long season. And if John Brebby wants to have some fun at the end of it, if the Giants want to have some fun on Sunday with Brandon Crawford, let him do it. Who cares what the record is? We'll deal with that. We'll deal with that separately, but um they should have some fun this weekend i'd like to see some different things this weekend um i always feel that way in in down years like otherwise let's just all go home because there's exactly nothing to play for here so that was a that was overblown i get people are upset but like people who are upset about brebbia and people who are upset about anything else that they see and smiles blah 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 and you know little things going on in the clubhouse here and there Again, this goes back to talent. Until they get a more talented roster, like that's what your focus needs to be on. Get a more talented roster. That can't be done on September 28th. So yeah. it's the offseason focus. It's November. It's December. It's January. It's next spring getting better. But there's nothing they can do on September 28th to change their fortunes right now. So might as well smile a little bit. Um, I'm going to be smiling. Let's you play some are. weekend baseball. I'm you always are. smiling. Uh, let's look ahead. We got one series left, Alex. Let's look ahead what that includes because it does include a potential Brandon Crawford finale. Uh, but first Giants Talk is presented by Honda. Take the Giants on the go this season and stream the games on the NBC Sports app brought to you by your NorCal Honda dealers. All right, we've got Kyle Harrison, fingers crossed, not sick. Logan Webb, who else? Anyone else? TBA? Possibly some Keaton Wynn. But okay, I'll take that. I would throw Brebby out there again just to troll everybody. But um, yeah, <laughs> and just do something even weirder this time I, around. Get, get it a full on, full on, <laughs> full on tussle. Um, Harrison, I, Logan's supposed to go on Sunday. Harrison, I would imagine we see Friday, maybe. Okay. So it'll be an end for him. Dodgers coming in. Giants need to win three in a row. I think to they stay need five hundred. Yeah. I don't know if we do tiebreakers for third and fourth in the division, but the Padres do have the tiebreaker over them. So if you're thinking about third place in the division, they have to win a lot of games. No, I don't think we do. I think you share fourth if you tie for third. Does that make sense? Or is it like the Olympics where you share third? No, I I feel like if you tie, you go down a, a notch and you share the lower tier. It is sad either way. It's sad either way. It's in very different ways. It is. Uh, So the Giants have to sweep the Dodgers to go 500 on the season. They've done it before the season. They were a different team back then, but they have done it. Probably most interestingly is the idea of Kershaw. Maybe his final Giants. Possibly. Um, And then Brandon Crawford. Maybe his final. Giants game, maybe his final baseball game. So let's talk a little Brandon Crawford before we bring Dwayne Kuyper in. Um, because this could be it. We don't have anything official yet. It's weird that it's ending the way it did with him getting hurt for the last couple of games of what was a disappointing year, probably both for him and for the organization. Uh, what's your favorite Brandon Crawford memory, Alex? Well, first I'll say I legitimately don't think Brandon has made a decision about his future. I also think everybody involved has an understanding that if he plays next year, it will not be here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's pretty obvious in a lot of ways, but I do think there's a sense with the Giants that this is, yeah, his last Giants game at the very least, and then he can decide what he wants to do. Beyond that, um, my favorite Crawford memory, you know, I've covered basically his whole career. Like uh, my first yeah. year, was 2012, that was his first opening day um, as a starter. He he came out the previous year. 
I think he made like four errors that first series. <laughs> You're like, this is the defensive guy. Um, but this it's is the guy with the, yeah. the Globetrotters esque uh, trick reel on YouTube. Yeah, it, it truly has been a lot of fun to, to cover him. And I will say, I'm, I mean, he is, he is for me, like exemplifies everything you want in a player. I mean, he's played his ass mm. off for 13 years. He has been so banged up and played through it for 13 years. I, I don't think people have an understanding of how many times he's gotten hurt and just stayed out there. Um, basically had no safety net for most of his career. Yeah. They decided to never have a backup shortstop, <laughs> two different regimes. Um, and I thought it was really cool to watch him turn into a pretty good offensive player for a stretch to have that MVP type season. Uh, just for me, somebody who's going to get his number retired here and nobody's ever going to wear 35 again. And, and we'll probably be around. I'm sure we'll see him at spring training. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we can put him on the same post game show with me because people would have to turn their volume up so high for me and Crawford <laughs> that you, I don't think that would work, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll see him around. And I think, you know, one of his best friends is the owner now. So maybe he'll, he'll give his opinion, but to your question about favorite moment, I, I go back to the wild card game and the grand slam. And I know that's, you know, more of a bum garner game for a lot of people, but Gave him so much breathing room. And I've never heard said this a million times. I've and players have said it as well. And I don't know if you were there, but I've never heard a ballpark go from that loud to that quiet in the span of like half a second. And just it felt like that swing sucked the air out of an entire stadium. And to the point that as Crawford's riding the bases, all you can hear is his family and the other families. All you can hear at that ballpark is Giants families going nuts. And it was it's, insane. I, and that's a great crowd in, in Pittsburgh. I wasn't there, but I watch that clip on YouTube all the time. The silence is so quiet that it's almost loud. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. It's crazy how defeated not just the stadium was, but like the whole city. I absolutely love that clip and, and definitely would be my favorite memory, but you took it. That's fine. I think it's it's the best Brandon Crawford career moment. Um, and I see that as like the Brandon Crawford game more than a Bumgarner game. That's fair. Yeah. Um, did it twice, so he gets yeah. Yeah, fair. Um, plus I, I feel like there weren't that many other postseason huge Crawford moments. So I think of that being like his big postseason moment. But I'm gonna go with uh him pitching this year. That was it's just something we hoped for for so long. One of the Brandons to take the mound and he did and did it well. And then got to talk smack to belt, to his brother-in-law, to all kinds of people. Um, just, that was a nice kind of encapsulation of the personality of him and Brandon belt, who, um, which didn't really get showed off that as much as you'd think it did. They were, he was, he's a funny guy. He's a personable guy. Um, and the pitching thing was a lot of fun. Um, and I, you know what? I'm also going to give an honorable mention, just kind of like the him and belt relationship in general, the commercials they shot, the goofy stuff they did together. They had that blog for a little while. Um, good yeah. stuff. There was a stretch where I'd get that blog in my email and you had to check. Yeah. Sometimes they would break yeah. news in there. Like, you know, <laughs> really noteworthy. I, to your point about the pitching, I can't imagine, you know, growing up and thinking about what you want your career to look like. I can't imagine having a cooler career than 13,589 innings as shortstop one as pitcher, nothing <laughs> else, nothing else. So yeah, I, I was on baseball reference earlier today and I pulled up his, his fielding stats and it was like zero errors this year. Oh, that's as pitcher. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But I asked him the other um, day, he's going to pitch and he's, He's like, ah, thinking about it. And and I was like, if I were you, I would sit on that zero ERA for the rest yeah. of my life. And don't just, roll the dice. Yeah, don't 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 roll the dice that someone, you know, puts one out on you. So yeah. We'll see. It'll be fun on Sunday. And um, you know, the crowds have been good this week during the Padres series. So I, I think Sunday will be at the end of a very disappointing three month stretch, um, a fun day. I'm anticipating it being a, a fairly full house. Alex this weekend I do also think it's going to be a little bit more of a blue house than I'd like but that just you, is what it is lately you uh 
on the Pantone message board? Is that <laughs> they just they travel well and they have yeah, every right do. to be because they are a hell of a ball club right now. Um so is it time to to do the is this it for Brandon Crawford talk or do we want to wait a little longer? Maybe after his final game? You know, I've tried to think about where, like what's the what's the next spot? And it's really it's it's really hard to picture him in a different jersey. And I, I think it's it's really hard even to you know, you think about like Longoria did that final year at home, which has become really special for him and just living at mm-hmm. home and playing for the Diamondbacks. Even something like that, it's like, well, no, Crawford's a shortstop. Like he's a and he wants to be a shortstop. And I think it's really meaningful to him that he's always been a shortstop. So you know, they have a rookie shorts, just things like that. Like, I think it's really hard to find the right fit. Um, maybe yeah. he does. I mean, Brandon Belt went to Toronto. So the Timmy, Timmy wore all sorts of jerseys afterwards. Um, yeah. These things happen. Sergio Romo, how many teams did he play for? So I, if I had to guess, and this is not an educated guess, I, I think, you know, this is not coming from him at all. I, if I had to guess, I would say at some point he probably – looks up and says the value of my career is that I did it 13 years with one team and played shortstop for 13 years. Yeah. Is, is there a, is there another year after this where there's upside to go there and, and uh, I don't know, try to win or try to, he's not chasing any statistical milestones or anything. So. No. And it's not like I can picture him shaving his face, cutting his hair and playing alongside his brother-in-law. I, I asked him one time about the Yankees thing and he just touched his beard. <laughs> ah, yes. So, yeah, exactly. They, you know, they have a young shortstop as well. So I think, uh, um, yeah, I'm curious to see what he decides. And I, I think it, it's unfortunate because in a lot of ways, I think the decision has been made for him here. Yeah. Um, whereas two years ago, it was kind of, you know, this regime came in and I, I think they pretty quickly wanted to move on from guys. And yeah. he said, no, I'm your best shortstop and at times your best player. So (laughs) they had to give him to the point that they gave him a two-year extension in the middle of a season. Yeah. um, Curious to see what he does. And and we'll certainly go over all that whenever he makes a decision and maybe look back at some other moments, but just a really special career. And um, I can say for giants fans, like the positivity you feel about him, like behind the scenes, I've never seen anything to make you think that you should feel anything. Otherwise, as you say, goodbye. Love that. Love that. All right, let's uh, you know what? Let's get Dwayne Kuyper's opinion on this. Uh, let's bring in voice of the Giants, Dwayne Kuyper, um, on Giants Talk. Oh, I guess I got to do an ad read though, Alex. But first, Giants oh. Talk is presented by Happy Days RV. Happy Days RV is celebrating 49 years of business, huge discounts on trailers, toy haulers, and motorhomes with 2024 on the horizon. All 2022 and 2023 inventory must go. Find your RV at Happy. D-A-Z-E-R-V.com. Visit Mancini Sleep World to compare the best brands in store or visit sleepworld.com. Which NorCal drivers are enjoying the best of everything these days? Ask anyone who owns a Honda. My Honda Pilot is the perfect family SUV. My Honda CRV is definitely a great choice. Honda was named best overall brand, most refined brand, and best value brand of 2022 by Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. Save now at your NorCal Honda dealer. Based on 2022 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information. For details, ask anyone who owns a Honda or visit NorCalHondaDealers.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, Dwayne, it's been a while since we've talked to you, but it's, you know, officially the end here. So I wanted to go over a few things, but I'm going to start with the positive, and that is Sunday we will be celebrating Brandon Crawford and his career, 13 years with the Giants. Kind of the ultimate homegrown Giant and pretty incredible. It's 
what's happened with his career. When you think about the 13 years, what stands out to you? What memories come come flashing back first? Well, I think the first thing is uh, his durability in the critical months of every year that the Giants were involved in a playoff race where he played. And, uh, and I know there were many times where he was far from being 100%, but he played. I mean, it, it is, other than the catching spot, the most valuable spot on the diamond. And he needed to play, and he did. And then, of course, you always remember his first hits of Grand Slam, the big Grand Slam in Pittsburgh in the wild card game. Uh, all of those things stand out. But I think his, his steadiness and his athleticism at that position uh, stood out every day. I mean, he made, he made all the, the plays you had to make, and then he was flashy. I mean, he would make those those sensational plays, whether he was going to his left or his right or charging the ball. Uh, uh, he Look, when you say a forever giant, I think he checks all the boxes, and, uh, and you can check those boxes very easily. Uh, he's a true – I mean, when it's all said and done, it's the local kid – did good basically uh, yeah. i mean the classic picture of him as a five-year-old at candlestick you know holding that sign that says don't leave who'd have thought that he goes on to be the greatest shortstop in this franchise in in its history so it's going to be a great day and then it'll be a sad day assuming that he's not going to be back he obviously meant so much to Giants fans for all the reasons you've just mentioned above, but he kind of had a lot of special connections with you being a East Bay guy, a middle infielder. So did you have any sort of extra special relationship with him because of all those similarities? Well, the only thing that, that maybe I may have been the only one to actually watch him play quarterback in high school. Nice. Uh, because, you know, Cole, he's the same age as, as you yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, those are the, those are the times where, where I did go to all the Monte Vista football games, mm -hmm. uh, because they were good, but he was really good at Foothill. I mean, he, I mean, all of his baseball skills, the way he moves laterally and the way he comes in and, uh, and obviously the way he throws, I mean, you can see how he would, he would be a natural uh, running a football team as a quarterback. So, I mean, that, and, you know, look, I joke about it all the time. At least once a year, I'll bring up one of his best games in high school, and it was against <laughs> Bonavista, and he'll give me all of his stats. He knows how many passes he threw. He knows how many he completed. He knows how many yards he ran for. He knows how many. And, he, and he's like, if you don't believe it, check it. And then one day he sent me a video of all those plays on my phone. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know if he and I had a special relationship, but I always thought of him as being uh, just a cool guy from, from our side of the Bay. And, and uh, you know, and like I said, he's same age as my kids. So that means yeah. something too. Therese Vignal used to do uh, TV work for Cal High Sports Focus and she has some great, interviews and clips of him playing football um so that hometown connection is very cool absolutely and uh and you know what i look i i, I know he lives in arizona but you know his his family lives here you know hopefully if this is the end for him he won't be a stranger because he definitely has a voice and uh, and hopefully it'll be heard for a while do you have a feeling, I mean, just looking at the organization, he's the last link, really, to those championship years, aside from you guys in the broadcast booth. Do, do you have a feeling that this is a, you know, maybe a, a big moment for the franchise on Sunday, just because this is the last guy? Belt's gone, Posey's gone, Bum's gone. Yeah. You know, I, I, Alex, I don't know how our fans are going to look if they're going to look at this closes the chapter 
but I do know that our fans look at him is a guy that meant a real lot to those last two world championships. And, and even the, the series in uh, 2016, where they very well could have gotten past the Cubs and who knows, uh, you know, he was important in that series too. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I guess the more I think about it, uh, I mean, our fans want to remember those championship years because it makes everybody just feel so good. I mean, they, they didn't know that feeling for the longest time. So, yeah, I, I think that's how our fans will look at Sunday. That uh, doesn't really close the book, but it's certainly in the last chapter. The opposite side of that feeling is the feeling the last three months. <laughs> now, now that it's uh, official that they're eliminated, they have to even claw back to 500. Uh, you know, I think Giants fans all have the same question, which is what now? And as you look into this offseason and look at what's happened the last three months, what do you think of just the general state of, of where they're at? By the way, I think the last time I was on with you guys, you know, we we were like second in the wild card. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. and God, it happened fast. And really all started with the two games in Oakland. Yeah. That's when it started. Yeah. Uh, I look when you in the middle of the season, when you've got a firm grasp on a playoff spot it gets everybody's hopes up very high. And then when it collapses, it is, it's a big, big disappointment. And this is a disappointing, I mean, the, the first half of the season, the giants, when they played on the road, they were fantastic. I mean, look, they went on this, this road trip to St. Louis, swept them, went to Dodger stadium, <clears throat> swept them. Oh, this is the way it's going to be all year. No, it wasn't that way all year. They just, couldn't win on the road at all the last two months. And, uh, and that's really what did them in. So they got work to do Alex in the off season. And, uh, and you know what, I think it starts out, uh, who's going to be your center fielder. Uh, do you have one in the organization or do you have to go out and get one? Uh, who's going to be your shortstop? Do you have one or are you going to have to go out and get one? I think those are the two spots that you look at first, and then you always need you always need pitching, always. And uh, and I think they'll head to the Asian market, uh, maybe for both of those positions. Uh, so we'll see what happens, and you know, then then you also have to decide if you're Farhan that do you want to trade some of your prospects to get some people. I mean, is it worth trying to go after Cody Bellinger? Yeah, probably. I mean, he he would check a couple of boxes. So, uh, and then Otani's going to be Otani. I mean, nobody really knows how that whole scenario is going to work out, but he would sure be a lot of fun to watch hit for the next ten years. <laughs> you you've been around a lot of teams that have disappointed, and you've been in the clubhouse for those even as a player. Do you is this a really you know? difficult week for for manager for, for the manager for coaching staffs um for behind the scenes staffs just with the uncertainty of, of what might happen to some of them over the next few weeks you know I, I was never in a spot where I had to worry about that but I could see how it did affect certain guys that were on the bubble or didn't have a contract for the next year and wanted to come back but maybe the organization doesn't want them to come back uh, so, yeah, it does affect guys. And you know what? It affects their families, too, because you're taking this stuff home. And uh, and it's not an easy time. But what you really have to do is you have to trick yourself into thinking that that game that you're going to play tonight is the most important game of the year. You do. You have to trick yourself because you don't want to be embarrassed. These people paid money to come to the park. They paid their bills to watch it on TV. So you have to put on a good show and you have to be a pro and you have to have pride in what you do. And, uh, and that's what happens in, uh, in September for a lot of teams. Look, I, I made a joke yesterday that, that to, uh, to our pregame crew, 
Mike and I played on two teams where we were doing this in April, <laughs> where the games were meaningless. So now you got the full schedule to go where you got to trick yourself into thinking that this is the biggest game of the year. Uh, the Giants were fortunate enough to at least get to the middle of September where games were meaningful. And uh, I even overheard Alex Cobb say on the bus the other day in L.A. that this is the first time in all of his years that he was really involved in, in meaningful games in September. So that's a long time for a guy. And, uh, and he said, I, I, he said, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. And if you think about what he did, went out there, banged up, probably shouldn't have pitched and pitched. Uh, he took it very, very serious. And I hope he's back. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tricking yourself into uh, hoping things get better. Uh, I'm at that stage. Definitely. So what can you give me in terms of hope that next year's going to look a little different for the Giants? Well, I mean, you hope that, that, you know, you hit the jackpot on a couple of people uh, that maybe you don't, I mean, you look, I mean, a, a great example is J.D. Martinez, who I had really good friends tell me that he's done. He's done. You can, I mean, he can't get around on a fastball anymore. He's done. And these people know baseball, and look what he's done. So you hope you hit on a couple of guys like that. And, and you know, and you hope maybe Mitch Hanniger figures it out during the offseason. Mm -hmm. because he's not going anywhere and uh so that's what you have to have you have to have a little luck and uh you know when the, the giants won 107 games there's a lot of things that that fell right into place and there's a lot of things that didn't fall into place this year including injuries so you always hope for health cole and you hope for luck and then hit on a couple of free agents and if you can make a deal you know here we come in spring training and you you got high hopes look the Padres were a big disappointment this year and I know look they got an outside chance but you think those people in San Diego are disappointed I mean they weren't <laughs> expected just to be 500 or win the wild card they were expected to win the west and uh I don't know what happened. They're really talented as we watched the last three games. Yeah. Padres always give the Giants a hard time. Uh, hopes and dreams and wishes aside, what like what tangible goal do you think is the biggest goal they have for the offseason? Just get a splashy signing or well, I mean, yeah, you always you always want to see if you can get a guy that people people will come to the park to watch that guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that they have a guy like that in Logan Webb. But now you don't – I mean, maybe he pitches once a homestand. Yeah. So you need an everyday guy in the lineup that people want to see. If you can find that guy, they're hard to find. But if you can, uh, it makes it a lot easier to try to sell tickets and try to sell what you're trying to do. Uh this isn't a, a one guy fixed team. Uh, yeah. So there, there's, you know, multiple spots that have to be fixed. And, you know, you got to clean up your defense. And I, I guess the only way you do that is, is more, you know, talented people that can catch and throw the ball, but also get a little younger. Uh, and I think that spot in center field has to be young. You've kind of talked about something that goes to what's been in my mind for a few months and, and what a lot of fans, I think, are thinking about. And, and you and Mike, fabulously entertaining. But in general, I think Giants fans feel like this has been a boring group. And, you know, when you're not hitting home runs, you're not stealing bases, you're not playing defense, that's going to happen. It's it's just going to look like boring baseball. If you were an executive, how much would you think about that going into the offseason? Just like, maybe the product just needs to be more compelling next season. Maybe that goes hand in hand with what you said about being younger, being more athletic, having a center fielder who can go and get it. Well, I joked with Farhan the other day. I said, you know what? Maybe you need to sign a couple of jerks. 
you know, make, make <laughs> that clubhouse a little that might be serious. Uh, you know, you go back to 2010 with Huff and Burl and Rowan and those guys. I mean, those guys weren't always friendly guys. And uh, and they, they didn't play friendly. Uh, so, you know, look, it, it's it was a joke, but maybe if you can get some personality in that clubhouse uh, and some and, you know, some veteran leadership, that probably would be a good idea. And uh, and I'm really sure that that, you know, our brass is is looking for those type of people. Uh, I mean, that way your manager doesn't always have to be the guy to police things. If you can get some of the players to police themselves, you know, it, it's just, it's just, just easier. It's easier for that train to be conducted that way than, uh, than if it's always the manager has to be the bad guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's end on a, let's end on a, I don't know hopeful note here yeah. uh we've seen hopeful. we've had a lot of rookies on the roster this year including a pretty fun last couple of appearances by tyler fitzgerald uh what rookies are you most excited about long term well i mean look we're watching right now an exhausted patrick bailey mm-hmm. uh you can see it in his at bats uh defensively he's 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 been fine i mean he's he's Accuracy of throwing hasn't been like it was when he got here, but he's, I don't, I, I would like to know, and I should ask him how many games have you actually ever played in September? And yeah. I bet the answer is, is not very many. Uh, so he admittedly said he's out of gas and, and you can see that he is, but I think the potential with him is, I don't know if he's going to hit or not. But he's going to be in the lineup a lot. He he may be, he may be your ninth hitter for the next ten years, or he may be your seventh place hitter for the next ten years. But his value is going to be what he does behind the plate, and how he handles that pitching staff. Uh, so they got somebody this year that they can count on for next year. And then you know you got to wait. I mean Luciano hasn't played that much. Uh, we're still not sure about Matos. You know, Ramos has had his opportunities. Fitzgerald is really intriguing. And, uh, and you know, maybe he is a Chris Taylor type player uh, that the Dodgers have where you can move him around, but yet he gets four or 500 at bats. Maybe he is that kind of a guy. Uh, so he's, he, he and Bailey are probably the most intriguing, but the one that really probably has the most talent is the shortstop, Luciano. I think we have seen. And by the way, we never talk about the young pitchers. Keaton Wynn has been great. Walker's been great. And, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't forget about those guys. Yeah, those two. I, I think Tristan Beck as well, somebody we Beck don't talk about one. a whole yeah. lot who's who's done a nice job this year. So there's some guys. That's who... Oh, that's the first sneeze I've ever had on the air. That was great. <laughs> Wait until the last one. You don't have one. a cough button here. At least I didn't say I had to pee. Some guys we'll see next year. We'll uh, we'll chat with you about that over the offseason. When this Cole and I have been joking for six months, even going beyond that, that this will turn into Otani talk in a week. So we'll, we'll bring you back for that at some point. Otani talk. I'm ready for it. All right. Let's go. Thanks, Wade. Right,